Welcome to another episode. I am V, and this is the Sussex Set. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 69, and I want to lead with a few things I didn't get to talk about in the last episode, mainly because they hadn't happened yet. In the meantime, of course, I hope you guys have been well. So Harry and Meghan ended their New York tour, because let's just call it what it is. It's still a public engagement. They ended their tour of New York in front of 60,000 people, which is sort of the culmination the reason that they they went to New York in the first place, which was to speak to the masses about the importance of vaccine equity. Now, I got to say, I watched much of the concert starting in Paris uh, and ending in it didn't end in New York, but that's where I <laughs> I stopped watching it because, I, I mean, let's face it, I, I wanted to see my faves. But the music was really great. I got to um, I'm pretty sure you guys as well got to learn a little bit more about some acts that I I didn't know existed. Um, pretty good music. Excellent, excellent music. And the New York feed came on after the Paris feed. And I was happy to see that Harry and Meghan actually came on right, pretty much right after that. Not too long. I know there were a few acts, but um, they didn't delay. The sun was still up. Uh, and I love that because really that was the perfect time to make it because that that increases the chance that the maximum amount of people were watching. So they arrived, they were introduced, and they did their thing. Now, in listening to their speech, what I noticed the most was really just how dialed in the crowd was to what they were saying. And I was as well. Like much of what they have said, they've already said on their website, they've already said at the Vax Live, they talked about it before, you know, so Sussex Squad, we we kind of know where they are coming from with it. But for folks who don't really pay attention as closely as we do, people were really dialed in. And I feel like hanging on every word and not because of who they are. I mean, that may be part of it, but because of what they were saying and also the passion that they were bringing and also dropping facts here saying you pay for this this is what's preventing the vaccine from being available in in places that want to produce a vaccine but the pharmaceutical companies won't allow it things like that people were really dialed into what they were saying and they were dropping knowledge bombs so i definitely appreciated that first and foremost but what i also noticed was that outside of the superficial things you know harry looks great megan looks great how about the fact that the crowd not just loved them, but absolutely recognized how much they love each other. And that's the thing that makes them so globally marketable, right? If Harry just refers to his wife as his wife and the crowd swoons, listen, ain't nothing we can do about that. <laughs> but it ain't nothing England can do about it. Ain't nothing the British media can do about it. But I love how the crowd recognized how much Harry adores Megan. And listen, again, don't think it doesn't translate to the audience at home and not just for Global Citizen Live, but anytime we see Harry and Megan in the same room with each other, on an engagement with each other, like anyone who was paying attention to their entire three-day stay in New York got to see how, how they regard one another and how they respect one another too. Uh, and then, 
you know, most folks who saw them at the Global Citizen Live event or in New York last saw them together during the Oprah interview. And that was when we were learning their side of the story, their perspective on what they experienced. And so many people related, maybe not with every detail, but just having a toxic family, having folks that are supposed to love you actually root against you and root for your downfall, but having each other's backs as a couple and then now as a family. And then for Megan to just be three or four months after having her child, you know, everybody who has common sense and who was not guided by jealousy and hate or racism or what have you, they're rooting for them. And I think that's why we saw the reaction that we did in the British media, because now it is evident you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. It is done. Is done. And Harry and Meghan don't have to do anything but to continue to do what they do, which is service, because they said it before and they'll keep saying it with their actions that service is universal and people relate to their service because we know and we can see that it's not for show. They're not trying to outshine any of the royals. You know, Harry's not out here trying to be the world's favorite English prince. They're just out here trying to do the work that they are passionate about. And we just love it for them that they get to do it without any obstacles in their way. They get to do it without fear for their safety or their children's safety. They get to be the philanthropists that they want to be without the media that surrounds them just looking for a bone to pick just because that media is in cahoots with the family that wants to see them fall. We love it. We love it that they're not having to worry about those things because with that energy freed up, they can focus on the work that they're doing. Harry and Meghan, when they were in England, it was no secret that they were the couple garnering all of the attention, both within England's borders and in the world at large. They were the ones that everybody wanted to know more about, see more of, line up on the streets for to to have a chance to shake one of their hands or hug one of them. People adore Harry and Meghan. Despite the families and the British media's best efforts to cast a shadow on them. And even in the context of being senior royals, it was Harry and Meghan's projects that got the most interest, especially Meghan's, but Harry's as well. It was Harry and Meghan's initiatives that garnered the most interest in England and in the United States. It was Harry and Meghan's, you know, engagements that got the most clicks, the most virality on social media. And it was their charities that benefited most. When you look at the data and compare them to all of the other members of the royal family, especially those senior royals, Harry and Meghan's charities benefited far beyond the other charities. And that's of no fault of their own. However, we know which royals actually brought the attention as well as much needed finances to the charities that they spoke on behalf of. Now, outside of the royal family, Harry and Meghan, they're just continuing that work. You can strip them of the titles. You can strip them of royal patronages. You're not going to strip them of their desire to be of service to causes they care about. And so the New York trip, it solidified 
one very important thing, not just for myself, but for the British media, for Harry and Meghan's fans and critics, and for the royal family, that Harry and Meghan don't need the monarchy and the institution of the royal family in order to make philanthropy sexy. And by sexy, all I mean is that it garners the interest of the masses in a way that it wouldn't ordinarily get people's attention. A lot of times you think of philanthropy, you think of old stuffy white people. Let me just be straight up with you. Rich white people just doing stuff for causes that they care about and or for tax purposes. I don't know, (laughs) you know, but Harry and Meghan don't give off those vibes because we know who they are already. We know what Meghan cares about. We know what Harry cares about and their philanthropy that they are showing us now is completely in line with who we know them to be. So because they also have this story to tell about their experience and what they've learned from that and what they want to share with others as a result of that, people are locked in to what this couple is doing. We're like really locked in. And I'm not even talking about their diehard fans. I'm talking about people who just respect the way they move in the world. And that's something that they underestimated. They also underestimated people's desire to see Harry and Meghan do well because of what they went through. So the fact that they did so well in New York, it says a few things to me. It says that Harry and Meghan are loved And Americans are glad that they're here, not just New Yorkers. Americans are glad that they live here. Now, I know I can't speak for every American, and I know there are many MAGA (laughs) among us. However, Harry and Meghan, they never go anywhere and receive a cold reception. When they've been here, they anyone who has tried to reach out to wherever people are in and around wherever Harry and Meghan find themselves— They have nothing but positive things to say about them and or at least not negative. When Harry went to Vax Live, he got an incredibly loud standing ovation. This was no different. And as far as the Global Live, uh, the Global Citizen Live, when they came out, that was like the biggest ovation of the day up to that point, at least. Uh, And it was really interesting to see a lot of the, the videos that people just had. What struck me was just how quickly people who didn't have their cell phones up in the air, they put them up in the air just so they could record Harry and Meghan's uh, at least walking out or their speech. I mean, the phones just went up. And when speakers come out, that's your time to, like, go to the bathroom. That's your time to, like, get some munchies. That's your time to tweet that you're at, you know, a concert and you're here with your girls or your boys or whatever. Not when Harry and Meghan came out. And frankly, the last royal to generate that type of electricity in the air was Diana. But especially when Diana was over here. Like when Princess Diana came to America, she had presidents and, you know, former presidents, cabinet members, senators, all of these people like eating out of the palm of her hand just by existing So we love that they're here. Another thing is, and I don't know if y'all noticed this or not, but Americans want to show Harry and Meghan how much we love them and how different we are from the environment they came from. It seems like folks in England 
wanted Harry and Meghan to feel the hate. I remember headlines, you know, even while Meghan was on maternity leave, can Meghan come back to the UK? Will Meghan be booed when she comes back here? They want her to feel the hate. They want Harry to feel the hate. Over here, we want them to feel the love, right? Like Americans were the ones who woke up in the middle of the night just to watch Harry and Meghan get married. We didn't do that for Will and Kate. No, no offense to them, but we didn't have, like, we didn't care because that was not our culture. But when our American girl is going into this institution to marry the favorite prince, right? The one that we love the most. <laughs> um, it is what it is. You know, we, we woke up. And if you were on the West Coast, you didn't get any sleep because you stayed up. So it's kind of like there are many people that are invested and were invested to varying degrees, you know. Um, but then fast forward to the Oprah interview. And this is their first big appearance after the Oprah interview. More people watch that Oprah interview over here than probably exist in England. That's how big this country is. So I think folks over here want them to know that we know what you went through. We were paying attention and we have picked a side and it is yours. We're on your side. Not that, you know, the average American will like poo-poo the royal family or wants to see them fall or what have you. However, when you look at the narrative of the royal family as the average American sees it, we're, we're hearing primarily two things that the news is constantly talking about. Harry and Meghan and Andrew. So we know that the royal family didn't do right by Harry and Meghan. However, we also know that the queen, as an example, is protecting a pedophile. And we hate pedophiles over here. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> okay, we would think that all people hate pedophiles. However, the royal family don't seem to, right? But we know that the queen is protecting her son. We know that, you know, for example, they stripped Harry and Meghan of their patronages and titles, um, not the royal titles, but Harry's military um, appointments. But you're paying for Andrew's lawsuit. It, it just doesn't add up. So Americans are seeing those two things. And we also know that our law enforcement agency, the FBI, would like a word. That's what we're getting when it comes to the average uh bit of royal family news is either Harry and Meghan or Andrew. Neither one of those things are good for the monarchy, but that's, that's their bed that they made. So they got a lie in it and it is what it is. Good news for them is outside of those two things and really including those two things, the average American just doesn't give a fuck. So whether they are a monarchy or whether they are not for those that remain in England, we don't care. Girl, we don't care. Just leave our faves alone. And that's it. And also in light of the New York trip, among other, let's say, news that they've made. One thing that the British media and the royal family and generally Harry and Meghan critics didn't account for when they came over to America to stay is the role that black Americans played and how they're perceived right here in America. So needless to say, black folks in America, just in general, you know, we love Harry and Meghan. I mean, if we had to pick a prince, 
Harry's kind of the black prince. <laughs> we're, we're just going to say, I'm just going to put it that, that way, just going, it's kind of jokingly, but claiming Megan is no issue. We, we claim her, period. Point blank and period, right? Biracial or not, she's one of us. You know what I'm saying? But, and that just kind of goes to the history of American, black Americans, is, you know, and I, I actually heard somebody talking about this in the spaces where historically, if you part black, you are black because that's what society is going to treat you as. So, um, and Megan has never run from her blackness, despite what her critics will try to have people believe. She never once tried to pass for white. She never denied that her mom was black. She's always said that she's biracial. But it's just that a sort of like older generations of black folks know that what that means for a biracial black person is society will treat you as if you're black. It's the main reason why a biracial Barack Obama identified as a black American not as a biracial American. So that's the big part of the reason why black Americans, we just claim Megan. And then, cause she's also a descendant of slaves. That's, that's really kind of what it boils down to with Harry. I think when he and Megan got married, whether it was spoken or not, I feel like black Americans knowing that like he's a prince He's choosing love, which is honorable in and of itself, but his love for a non-white woman who was also a descendant of slaves, we knew there was going to be backlash, even while people were trying to convince us that it was all good. We knew it. I mean, look no further than Doria's face. You know, especially when we know that England is a country that says that, oh, well, if you're biracial, you're biracial. You're not black. You're not white. You're just your own group. And that might be true, but that's not how, you know what I'm saying? That's not how they treated it. When we see England as a country that has higher rates of intermarriage, interracial marriage, to react the way that it did, just because Harry happens to be a prince, um, way to show your racism card so that rubbed a lot of Americans the wrong way because it's like, damn, even black Americans are saying like, what? I thought we were the, <laughs> I thought we were the crazy racists over here. I and mean, that's what the world kind of likes to categorize Americans as anyway. But in terms of being a black American, I think a lot of black folks really, really, really respected the way Harry protected his woman from that racism. Like he put himself directly between now, I won't say he protected her from racism, but he protected her from what whatever was trying to end her. And he brought his family away from everything he's known, away and over here to safety. That's something that so many people respect and so many black Americans respect. And so that's where you see on like black Twitter, the shade room, um, places like TikTok you know, black publications like the Griot, Essence, generally favorable towards Harry and Meghan. Actually, incredibly favorable toward Harry and Meghan. And when you look at the way that Harry, just as a man, has moved since he's come to America, he shows in in all these little ways of how that respect and love is reciprocated. But not just to like African-Americans or even just Americans as a whole, Harry is someone who, if you look back over his life, 
he actually has friendships of all colors, all classes, you know, all nationalities, because that's who he is. <laughs> really, you can say the same for Megan. Um, but people really respect that about him. And so when you hear stories about how he comes to America and stays at Tyler Perry's house, that's one thing, right? And that just happens to be what happened, right? But you hear stories about how the director of The Me You Can't See gave him, gave Archie actually, uh, gave him a gift for Archie that was, I can't remember what it was, but I think it was like a onesie. Um, and it has something something super black American on it. But she was like, this is his culture. And he was like, yep, that is. I, I would have to find it and link it. But it was something something to that to that effect. Um, to see Harry talk about before he gets married to Megan saying, you guys are being racist. You're talking about she's, you know, almost straight out of Compton. And then when he moves to California, he volunteers multiple times in Compton. And more recently going to Harlem, going to Melba's and, and then to hear what Melba says about her interaction with them and the conversations that they've had. I mean, it's like he's just light skinned at this point. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we're going to joke about it anyway. But I mean, that's one thing that I've noticed is black Americans in general having love for for Prince Harry and, and obviously for Megan. Um, you know, another thing, during the George Floyd protests, the Black Lives Matter protests, they didn't stay silent when they could have. They could have, but they didn't. They had meaningful conversations. That stuff is not lost on black black people over here. So um, Pac everywhere seemed to love Harry. So um, Harry and Meghan. So they got that going for him. And, you know, the presence of Harry and Meghan in America, I think it gives us bragging rights. You know, we got the best prince. He chose our nation as his home, the home for his children. I've said it before. We all know that these kids are going to have American accents, <laughs> which I love. Uh, that's just a cherry on the top, though. Um, but we as a country, we for most folks who have any interest in Harry and Megan, we support their decision to live a free and independent life. Um, that's like you can't get any more American than that. And for him to basically buck his own family for the very nation that told his own ancestors to shove it, that is all right with us. You'll be back. They will not be back. But Harry will be back in NYC next month. That's right. The Duke of Sussex will be back in New York City, but this time for Veterans Day. He will be attending the Salute to Freedom Gala at the Intrepid Sea, Air and Space Museum on November 10th. So that news came out just about a week ago, like right after the Global Citizens Festival and New York activities wrapped up. And that was very welcome news, seeing how New York City seems to agree with the guy. While back in New York, Prince Harry will present the inaugural Intrepid Valor awards to five service members, veterans, and military families living with the invisible wounds of war. And his visit will take place again. That's on Veterans Day. Um, if you haven't been to New York City or you haven't been to the Intrepid, it's basically, it's a museum. It's on a ship. 
and a retired Navy ship. And I remember going when I was 16. I only went that one time. All the time I lived in New York, I never, I never did go back to the Intrepid. But it's all good. Um, it's a, it's a, if you're ever there just touring the city and you're on that side of, the, of Manhattan, go. I mean, it's a lot of military history, you know, U.S. military history, um, primarily, obviously. But I love that Harry has been invited to this and is going to present these awards because it demonstrates that people, military folks all over the world recognize Harry's contribution to his own military. Even if his family doesn't want to recognize it, people over here, the brass over here at least, recognize it. And actually, Harry has quite a good relationship with a lot of United States military, not just service members, but you look at Jill Biden's her even when she was the second lady of the United States, that was her thing was military families support military families and veterans um, for the warrior games like literally about a month ago. And I would expect it to be no different from the Invictus games when they start up again next year at The Hague. But one thing is unmistakable. It's the fact that Prince Harry is passionate about helping those who have served and spending time with wounded veterans. Um, He's said many times, once served, always serving. He takes that to heart. And it's clear that other folks see that in him. England messed around and opened the door for the United States military to also open its arms to Harry. After his own country, his own family, the head of England's military, his grandma stripped him of his military titles. And those are the ones that he's earned. The only person who has any respect among the masses that earned his military titles. My, what a what a difference just one year makes. Because do you remember what happened last year? on Veterans Day, Remembrance Day, as it's called in England. The whole island was trying to laugh and poke fun at Harry and Meghan for having the audacity to visit a national cemetery in California to honor, I believe it was two British soldiers. Well, anyway, Harry, you know, he sent a wreath for Remembrance Day. And if you recall... The wreath stayed in the cardboard box. It wasn't even put out. Uh, And Remembrance Day, just to kind of give you a a picture, it's where everybody goes on the balcony, plays dress up, dresses in black. You know, all the tassels in the military cords come out and things of that nature. And, you know, folks go to the fountain. What's it called? The Cenotaph? I'm probably mispronouncing it, but they put their, they lay their wreaths there. And um, Harry sent one. You know, because why wouldn't he? Seems logical to me. But they didn't put it out. And oh, boy, did the British media have a field day with that, you know, and they repeated the phrase, you know, you can't be half in, half out. You're out. Well, watch what happens this year. Because they thought that that was going to like end Harry and Meghan, I guess. But from over here, what we see is them actually honoring the fallen on Veterans Day. Basically, he was demonstrating it doesn't matter whether I'm here or there. This year, 
Harry's actually giving out awards. He's shoulder to shoulder with Bon Jovi, who is a huge supporter of the United States military. Um, and watch how the narrative shifts. Watch how it changes. Watch how they try to backtrack on all that heat they had for Harry and Meghan, and Harry in particular last year. You just watch. Go ahead and get your receipts ready because you're going to need them. Please mark my words. I really look forward to seeing Harry at this engagement. I look forward to seeing him come into his own as, you know, as a private citizen, as a philanthropist, as someone who really all in all is still learning his way through the world independent of the royal family. And so far, he's really killing it. Like he's knocking it out of the park. Uh, and I just can't wait. And so with that, that is pretty much all I have for today. Yeah, this one's kind of a short one, but uh, I definitely want to touch bases with uh, just some of the things that I noticed uh, in light of the Global Citizen Live. Uh, what a great, like what a great moment for them. This was really their their big debut outside of being senior royals. Now that, you know, Megan has had her babies and they're just ready to get down to business. And I love that for them. Uh, thank you guys as always for tuning in. Definitely say, Hey, when you see me, you feel me? Um, I would say you could see me on Instagram. However, uh, hackers seem to have deleted Facebook. <laughs> I mean, I ain't even on Facebook, so that's one good thing. But, um, yeah, I guess I'll see y'all on Twitter and TikTok. <laughs> on Twitter, you can find me at Megan Mood, and on TikTok, you can find me at Sussex Mood. If they ever get, you know, Facebook and Instagram back up, girl, you can find me on Instagram at. Uh, Sussex set. So thanks as always to my patrons on Patreon, as well as those who have joined the channel here. Please take care of yourselves. And until next time, peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me.